How can we teach our kids that everyone belongs? This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where my guest and I discuss how to empathize with and welcome families who are different than our own. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast, helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers, we want our kids to share the love of Jesus with people who are different from them. But in actual practice, this can be awkward and uncomfortable. Before I introduce my guest who will help equip us, I want to thank CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old School House Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. CTC Math uses a multi-sensory approach of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And those who are doing just okay are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. Heather Avis is founder and chief visionary officer at The Lucky Few, a social awareness brand on a mission to make a more inclusive and loving world with an emphasis on shifting the Down syndrome narrative. The author of Everyone Belongs and the New York Times best-selling children's book, Different, A Great Thing to Be, she runs the Lucky Few's hit Instagram account and is the author of a book and co-host of the podcast by the same name. A former education specialist teaching high school students, Heather is a popular speaker and a mother to three adopted children, two with Down syndrome. She lives in Southern California with her husband, Josh, and their three kids, Truly, August, and Macy. I was touched by my interview with Heather, and I think you will be too. Heather, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I would love for you to take just a minute as we get started to tell us more about you and your family. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. What a thrill and pleasure to get to be here. Um, So I'm Heather Avis, and I live in Southern California with my family. My husband and I, my husband Josh and I have been married for 20 years, and we have three kids, uh, 14, 11, and 8. Our oldest, my 14, 11-year-olds are girls. My eight-year-old is a boy. I never know how to explain all the things in order. (laughs) And um, my oldest and youngest both have Down syndrome. And my middle daughter is a different ethnicity than her dad and I. Um, All kids came to us through adoption. And we live in Southern California. 
um, we run an, an organization called the Lucky Few. Those of us who have a loved one with Down syndrome are very few and very lucky. Mm. That's the the sentiment behind the name. And we are an organization that tells the bigger story around Down syndrome in hopes of shifting the Down syndrome narrative. And we do that through podcast. I'm an author. Um, I have four published books. I speak at events and we do Instagram influencing and work with big brands on representation um, and do retreats and have a storytelling um, wing where we archive other people's stories around their level with Down syndrome. And that's a bit about me and what we do. (laughs) Well, I love that. That is so neat. And I'm really excited to dig a little bit deeper. So I am hoping that we can begin that deeper dive into what you're going to share with us today by having you talk about your parenting journey and specifically that adoption journey Mm -hmm. and how it has changed you. Yeah, I mean, I think a parenting, becoming a parent just changes you, right? It's part of the gig. (laughs) Yes. Um, No matter how parenthood finds you, it changes you. And usually, in my experience, for the better. Um, I got married really young. I was 20 years old. And about five years in to our marriage, started deciding that we thought we were ready to have kids and um, quickly learned that it wasn't going to happen easily and then went down the road of infertility. And I have some kind of mysterious... They're not sure what's going on, but that I'm not going to be able to have a child naturally. And that put us, pushed us towards the path of, of adoption. That was how we decided that we decided that that was the next best way to grow our family. And so we pursued a um, healthy infant through a private agency. This was 14 years ago, actually 15, maybe closer to 16 years ago, actually. And we definitely, I would say that I've changed a lot in my ideas around adoption in the last 16 years, as I would hope we do in life, right? That we, 16 mm-hmm. years later, we have different ideas and thoughts around things. Um, and so I really wanted a healthy infant. And I thought the best way to do that was just a private agency, pay the money and grab my baby and run. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of my idea. And there was other plans for me. And so I learned about a little girl through an email with my social worker, one in which she was just giving me an update. I had asked like, how are things going with how people viewed our profile? And I think like word for word at this point, I I had memorized it. It's like your profile has been viewed mm-hmm. once. Um, there's two babies with Down syndrome who've been placed in the agency. It's always hard to find homes for them. But hang in there. Um, signed her name. And as soon as I read that, it was like I wanted to slam my computer down and think, I wish I didn't know that. I now mm-hmm. know this thing mm-hmm. that I wish I didn't know because I, I'm something has happened now in finding that out that I don't think I can ignore this and I need to know more. And so that was a lot of conversations. Um, I mean, in a really short amount of time, adoption is just this, like you, it's so much time and you wait and you wait and you wait and then you hurry up and then you, you know, 24 hours later, like, Oh, I've been waiting for you for two years and now I have 24 hours to like get a crib and here we go. Um, (laughs) Sometimes that's the case or not even that long for some, some families. But our journey, so in a week span, we just decided through prayer and um, counsel with friends and family and just conversing about it. We're like, let's find out more. And in that mm-hmm. process and that time, things shifted and we learned our daughter was um, medically fragile and or the girl who would become our daughter. And they weren't even looking at placement because she was so sick. And so mm-hmm. then that was that. And we're like, that was weird, like that whole process. And six weeks later after that, 
she, at that time she was six weeks old. And then we had that week. And then six weeks later, we got a phone call again that said, that little girl we told you about, we have a better understanding of her health. Um, would you like to know more? And we mm. would. And so we sat across from a social worker and a nurse and um, all kinds of people and learned about this little girl who had Down syndrome and really was a back burner issue. She had a congenital heart defect that was very serious and a um, thing called pulmonary hypertension and was on oxygen and would maybe mm. never be resolved. And she needed open heart surgery for sure very quickly. Like, whoa, what is this? Like, what are we doing here? Mm. It was wild. But I... And even in that, I didn't have to say yes. So the reason, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Our journey towards saying yes to our daughter was one in which I couldn't say no. And until I knew to say yes. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. It was Mm -hmm. supernatural and holy and the thing that we were supposed to do. And it found us and we did it. You know, we said, yes, this little girl and we brought her home and now I'm a mom. And if for anyone who's gone through infertility, um, everyone's journey is different, but I was desperate for that. I mean, I was hurting and raw and empty for years to want that. And that my journey was really hard to that point. And then she comes home and I'm a mom. And so (laughs) I have this baby and yeah, she has Down syndrome. But at the end of the day, when I'm putting her in her bed, she's a baby and she's my daughter. And that was enough, Mm -hmm. you know? And then I think any parent listening would know you are as our kids have needs and as they adjust our capacity expands to to meet that for the most part there are there are circumstances for parents where they don't have that kind of capacity but for the Mm -hmm. majority of us you know it's like people would say to me oh my gosh i could never do what you do and my answer is of course you can and you would Mm -hmm. if you had to Mm -hmm. if you had if something happened to your healthy baby right now you would do exactly what I'm doing to love your child. So of course you can, mm. of course you could. Mm. So I think like going, this is a long answer, but how parenthood has changed me. Um, Macy, our oldest daughter, I call her my game changer because she shifted for me how I pursued things from then on, you know, like that mm-hmm. I have an expectation for something. Mm. I'm going to hold it real loose because mm. there might be something better that I don't even know to expect. So I'm going to hold that real loosely. And then as as I'm stepping into this world of hospitals and surgeries and medical and all this, it's like I'm also going to hold time real loosely because we don't have mm. tomorrow. Nobody does. So today's a gift. And I'm going to be grateful for breath in our lungs today. That's what we're looking at today. Um, mm. And granted, as she's gotten healthy, she's totally healthy at 14. And, and we don't, I'm not immersed in those experiences. I can like forget, obviously, but mm. I can go back to that that thing that changed inside me when I became a mom to Macy. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about the ways <laughs> I changed, which maybe more will unfold here. I feel like I'm just talking too long. No, not at all. I mean, wow. <laughs> That's just a beautiful, a beautiful story. And I can tell that you have so much more that you can share. And I, I love your conclusion because I think it is applicable to all of us that we do have to hold on loosely and our mental health and our enjoyment the joy that we have in our everyday will just skyrocket as a result of doing that instead of having this idea no it has to be this way if we let go and let god take over we can have these incredible experiences like 
what you have had. Not that they're all easy. They're not easy. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you could you could <laughs> tell us a lot about how not easy it is, but it can be redemptive and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, um, even in that, like learning the lesson early on of hard is not always bad. It's just hard. And I think mm, um, mm. in parenting, what my kids have given me is also like the tension, we call it the tension of the both and. Like it's mm-hmm. it's really hard and it's really beautiful, right? And mm. adoption, adoption is mm-hmm. so tragic. At its starting point is a severed relationship. Nobody mm-hmm. intends or wants that, you know? Like it is a tragedy right. and and it is this beautiful thing that I get to be a part of. It's both at the same time. And mm. it's a mystery to that. There's a mystery to like, to that even today my middle daughter truly came home from her second day of middle school she's in sixth grade and she said mom her friend in, in our the way our schools work is the four junior high school or four elementary schools feed into the middle school so it's her friends from mm-hmm. her fifth grade classes and then all these other new people and it, she's like mom i'm feeling really sad because my this group of girls that i was hanging out with in fifth grade they just like sort of blew me off today um mm-hmm. and i feel really sad about that i feel really hurt but it's weird because I also am excited to meet new people. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm like, honey, this is life. Yes, this is the tension of life. You know, like, yes, babe. It hurts to be left out. I'm so sorry it's happening. You can feel mm-hmm. that and you can feel excited for new people all at the same time. We get to feel both. You just hold it. Mm-hmm. Well, that really leads me to another topic that I wanted to discuss with you because I know you are passionate about kids recognizing their God-given value. So can you give us some thoughts on how we can do that, how we can reinforce that for mm-hmm. our kids? Yeah. I feel like all this will tie back to your first question of how has having, how has being a parent changed you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's talk about that. Um, that is one of the greatest changes I think in my life is in bringing Mason and truly in August home, my three kids, um, three kids who in their own regards find themselves on the fringes. I always say with my my kids with Down syndrome, they're stepping into a world that they have to work twice as hard to be seen as half as much and their value and worth is constantly in question. Mm. And when they step outside our front door, um, and that includes into churches and, and religious spaces, you know, faith-based spaces. And I think what has been really amazing is um, getting to learn that God is so much bigger than I've ever wanted to try to understand. And that there's these ideas about what makes someone best. Um, these ideas that soci- our, our society and our culture try to tell us that there's a best way to be human. And you can, you can see, or I can, and even like my upbringing in the church and even in my, the church that I attend now, that, that it, it's not something we just get away from. We have to mm-hmm. really like check it does that make sense like it's not we can't just escape it it's a part of the fabric of our culture right it's a part of the fabric of the way that we've been raised it's the foundation in which every system in place exists that there's a best way to be human and i feel like what god says to us is no there's not um Hmm. i mean even Hmm. in like this story the ultimate redemptive story of who did jesus come for every single person period full stop stop not Mm -hmm. if and when not this and that, like, no, every single human ever. And so when I, when I can look at it that way, and I can even look in the lens of like disability that way, it's like, wait a second, God created my kids with Down syndrome as an image bearer with Down syndrome. 
whoa, mm. that's mm. radical for me, right? And so mm-hmm. I think you had said something about um, places for them to belong. What was your question? I'm so sorry. I got, went on well, I, yes, I mean, it's all related. <laughs> We're all good. <laughs> I asked about how can we as parents reinforce our kids' God-given value? Yes, okay. And so there we go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> sometimes I go like in a big circle back to it. But <laughs> that thing that that I, I think I know how to do that for my kids. And what I do is say to them, exactly who you are right now is enough. You are worthy mm-hmm. of love and to be cherished and to take up as much space in this world as you want to. That's it. Period. Full stop. And mm-hmm. of course, we're all going to work on becoming a better version of ourselves, right? And of mm-hmm. course, there's things within us that we need to work out. But what I know because of what you have, what the Lord has taught me through parenting kids like mine is you actually don't have to do one more thing to be completely lovable mm-hmm. ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And that is grace, right? Like that is right. the grace of the love of God. And yes, I, I think I would miss it my whole life um, if I didn't have my kids mm-hmm. where... They're, because they're constantly, because it's easy to question it about them. Um, mm. Even that idea, like, are they loved as they are? The, the world would say no, right? There's like an, mm-hmm. there's an otherwise there. And, and I know that God says yes. So if God says yes about them, then he says yes about me and mm. you and this person over here that I don't really care for, right? <laughs> right. And so then I get to, I, it's like an mm. invitation to, seeing the intrinsic value and worth in people because Mm. they're created by a good God who loves them deeply. Mm. Um, And so those conversations are happening in our home all the time. I just naturally, it's really the foundation of, of our family. Like foundationally, that is where my kids are growing up from is that idea. Um, And so you can see it kind of seep in to all the little spaces that they find themselves in, in their different seasons of life. Yeah. Well, that is lovely. And you have really already, with every question, tapped into the next question that I have for you. And that is, how has your faith helped you in this journey? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a journey. <laughs> I'd say more so in the last five years, it's been, there's been a big journey of my faith. And um, I think it's, it's mostly that idea, yeah, like just to repeat it a little bit of God is big and good and is love. And so we're going to make a lot of mistakes and there's more details that can be worked out and we can rest in those details or we can argue about them or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I'm going to err on the side that God is good and and is love. And how do I lean towards that and express that in the world, you know, like take it back to that, the real simple ideas of faith. Um, and that's where I tend to go. I stick in those simple spaces. And, and so when, when it's required in an, in a conversation or an experience to step more into the details, um, I will, but I always go back to maybe that's what's happening here, but I also know that God is big and loves big. So Mm. I'm going to err there, right? Like I'm going to err on the side of a God who loves every single person that God has created, like with more love than I could even begin to understand. I'm going to err on that side in the ways that I treat people 
or respond to groups or political situations or whatever it is. I'm going to make sure I'm loving people well. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's kind of my, where I'm at in my faith journey. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of ties back to what you were saying earlier about both and as well. That, yes, we have some challenges <laughs> with our with our families, with other sure. people. But, yes, that is true. And it is also true that God's grace and love cover all of that. Mm-hmm. And we can rest in that. I, I love how you're saying, let's not focus on the details <laughs> because we can get lost in those, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the details are tainted by culture. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even when you like go back to scripture and this might, I, I think people don't totally agree with this and that's okay. But mm-hmm. there's like, you can, at what point have, at what point are we interpreting things? Like, what are we missing? Is there a context we're missing? Are we missing something from an ancient time that it's, we're not getting it here? Um, and if it, if something that we're reading or understanding is, causing harm to certain people, that's hard for me because I, because mm-hmm. that's not God, right? Like an all loving God who is love isn't also harmful. So, mm-hmm. so then it's, yeah, it gets tricky mm-hmm. except for me, it doesn't cause I'm just going to love people. Well, mm. like I'm going to air, I'm going to air there mm-hmm. um, on instead mm-hmm. of like, not even judgment instead of like Mm -hmm. black or white right or wrong you know Mm -hmm. yeah very good (laughs) that's just where i'm at yeah well you've already said some things that i feel are helpful in regards to how we can empathize with families that are different than our own Mm -hmm. Um, but i'm wondering if you have some other ideas and also how we can be more welcoming to families who are different than our own as well. Yeah. Um, being in relationship with people who are different than us is a really great invitation to seeing that value and worth in other people and then being able to recognize it in ourselves. Um, mm. Really that like image of the Lord, of a good loving God in others and then in ourselves. I don't know that we can see it in ourselves until we can see it in others. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know for sure. I'm still kind of, I'm really thinking through that one a lot, a lot these this last year. So, so Mm. I think that any opportunity you have to step towards relationship with someone different than you in any capacity to step towards that person, um, to not, not away Mm. from them because you're afraid of who they are and not away from them because you disagree with who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. I think when we do that and we do that with our kids and we set up barriers between us and other people, it like communicates shame and fear Mm. And mm-hmm, again, neither of mm-hmm. those are of the Lord, right? And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think that's first. It's like aware. Really, what that is, like we call like open eyes, like awareness. Who is mm-hmm. who is missing, and where are they, and how do we mm-hmm. find them, and mm-hmm. develop relationships? And it's a, these are hard questions. Whenever I talk to parents and families or teachers, churches who are like, "What do we do?" I'm like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. I wish so much there was a checklist. You know, like <laughs> I wish there was. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. not how relationship works. Um, mm-hmm. It's tricky stuff relationship Mm -hmm. is so that like eyes wide open and then assuming competence is really big so when we talk to our kids about other people i think that it starts with hey someone who's different than you might make you feel really uncomfortable that's so normal i do too Mm -hmm. like if i'm around Mm -hmm. someone different than me and something i'm not familiar with 
I feel super uncomfortable. And you can even give analogies in like spaces. You know, like that first time that I ever, this is like big. It's the first thing that came to my mind, but like jumped off a waterfall, which I know not a lot of people do, but <laughs> I, I had never done that. And I was so scared and nervous. And I decided instead of stepping away and letting fear and, um, and the unknown stop me from it, I did it. And, and I had a blast Mm-hmm. And I went back and did it again. And the next time it actually wasn't scary because I knew what I was doing. I knew what I was getting into. So like that's with the relationship. You step towards somebody who's different than you. It's a scary thing to do because the unknown is scary. But it's mm-hmm. going to stay unknown and it's going to stay scary until you step p- towards them. Um, mm-hmm. And then that thing that was unknown and scary becomes more familiar and less scary and the barriers break down. So I think that having that conversation with your kids, like it's okay to feel scared about something And then making sure there's Mm -hmm. open dialogue in your home about people who are different. And that can happen by, I mean, hopefully it's before they've said something out in public, which is okay. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. And again, bring that back home and have a conversation around it. And, you know, like that's a great learning opportunity for everyone involved and -hmm. an uncomfortable moment for everybody involved. Right. (laughs) Right. But like, how do we start in our home? So what books are our kids reading? What shows are they watching? What toys are they playing with? What artworks on our wall? Like are there people that are represented in our day to day who are different than them that we can step towards Mm -hmm. conversation and learning so that when Mm -hmm. they see that person outside in the community who maybe maybe uses a wheelchair or has a prosthetic Mm -hmm. limb or whatever, they've had some kind of introduction that's been honoring through Mm -hmm. a book that they've read or Mm -hmm. a series that they've watched or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are some real good intentional ways that parents can become inviting spaces and and, Mm -hmm. um, really help in the overall relationship building between their kids and, and themselves and those who are different than them. I mean, I have more things, but (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure. Well, that was excellent. I really, really liked that a lot. And you mentioned books and you have written a beautiful book called Everyone Belongs. And it happens to be written in a style that I really love. And that is rhyme. It's a rhyming book. And can you tell us more about it Mm -hmm. and how we can use that? with our kids to teach what it is that you are passionate about. Yes. Um, Everyone Belongs is a story about two sisters named Macy and True, who are my girls, who go to put on a show in the park and they have, they're very different and they celebrate the differences in themselves and in each other. Um, And so they go to put on a show and as they're putting on a show, other kids wander up and see what's happening and wonder if they can be a part of it. And Mm -hmm. there's different kids who wander up with disabilities and different disabilities. And um, each time the sisters stop what they're doing and say exactly who you are is exactly who we pick. And then give, say, you can do this, try this, try this, like whoever you are, come be in the show. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the end of the book, there's a um, I'm giving it away, but it's just 20 yeah. pages long. So, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, At the end of the book, uh, a character named Shep comes in a wheelchair and they realize that the stage that they're working on doesn't have a ramp. And so then there's all these kids at that point who are working really hard and the show's almost ready to go. And um, the sisters have to make a decision and truly announces the space is the problem, not the way he gets around. And then mm. Um, mm. they move the show to work for him. And so mm. the... This, the book itself is a great tool for kids, for families, for educators, for church leaders, because you're going to see represented different kinds of disabilities that you can mm-hmm. 
have conversations about each kind of person and look things up online and read more, mm -hmm. like more about people who have that kind of disability or what it means or how it could happen possibly and have those conversations at home. Um, mm -hmm. And then it's also a tool of like, so what, can you think of times when this has happened, maybe for you personally that you felt mm -hmm. like that you were, you were a problem because of the way you were mm -hmm. and how did that feel mm -hmm. and how could that have happened differently? Or, hey, can you think of anyone in your art community who maybe is like a special space for people who are different and have disabilities? Mm -hmm. I wonder why it's over there and separate. How can we be in the mm -hmm. same place as them? Maybe we have, maybe we have to adjust something. Um, mm -hmm. Those kind of conversations can happen through through this book there's actually we have on my website um a 12 page printable totally free downloadable printable kit that goes along with the book that is a series of questions that you can discussion questions and then all kinds of worksheets that you can do together with your kids um that help foster foster learning along and learning and stepping towards belonging I love that. And my audience will absolutely love that. So can you tell us where is the best place to get the book? You can get it anywhere. Books are sold wherever you prefer to buy books. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to heatheravis.com slash everyone belongs and you'll see links to the major booksellers, retailers. And then you also will see the downloadable kit. It's super easy to do. You print as many copies as you want. It's in color, but you can print it. It prints beautifully in black and white. Okay. Um, there's even like little paper dolls that are the characters Aww. in the book that you can cut out and the kids, depending on their age, can put on their own show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that. And I know my audience will love it too. Well, Heather, okay. thank you so much. You have a beautiful story and a beautiful message. And I think it is going to be very influential for people who have taken the time to listen to us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It is an honor. To find the links mentioned in our interview, go to homeschoolsanity.com slash everyone belongs. Thanks again to CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at Homeschool Sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.